Welcome to Burn News Current Affairs Podcast with Christopher Famous. Listen at your leisure on www.burnnews.com. Yes, good morning. This is uh, Chris Famous here for Burn News, and I'm here today with Mr. Glenn Jones of the BTA, also known as the Bermuda Tourism Authority. What's the first thing you would say to Bermuda if you were on, on the camera? Uh, the first thing I would say is that um, every day the people at the Tourism Authority get up early trying to grow the tourism economy. Uh, we're making some headway. It's, it's slow going, um, but I think we're getting there. Um, tell us briefly about how Glenn Jones got involved with the BTA. Um, actually, uh, they, they called me up um, at the end of Media House uh, when it was decided that uh, the companies were being broken up and sold. Um, one of the chiefs here at the BTA gave me a call to see if I was interested in coming over at that point to just help on a part-time basis for a few months. Um, so I accepted, I accepted that uh, challenge. And then um, near the end of that time, they decided they needed uh, someone doing the kind of work that I'm doing on a regular basis. So um, I started with them on that part-time basis in about mid-September of 2014. And then by the end of 2014, they decided they were going to uh, uh, put the job out, advertise for the job. I applied for it, and ultimately I got it. started in mid-January as a full-time. So what, when you... Two questions. When you were initially asked, what was the capacity, job capacity that you were asked to fulfill? Um, it was uh, a job that, that meant uh, helping with corporate communications, basically, um, how the organization communicates with the public, and more importantly, how it communicates with tourism, tourism industry stakeholders. Um, the BTA wanted sort of a direct channel of communications to people in the hotel industry, in the restaurant industry, people who run uh, tourism industry excursions, in the transport industry. So uh, I came up with a structure that allowed us to communicate with them on a regular basis. And, okay, how did you feel about being invited to work for BTA? Um, at, at first, a little cautious. I mean, I didn't know anything about it really at that time. I, I guess I wasn't uh, that tuned into the things that were happening at the BTA. I, of course, knew it had been created and why. Um, but when I got here and started to uh, meet the people who were working here, understand the mission better, it was easy to say yes. I mean, I believe strongly in the objectives that the organization has, and I want to do my small part in helping them achieve it. Okay. While, while you're here at BTA... Um, what are your personal goals as not as within the organization? Or what, what would you like to see you have achieved as far as helping the organization and more importantly, Bermuda move forward? Well, I, mean, I guess that's a question I would answer two ways. Um, one is I would like them to achieve certain um, objectives. Um, those objectives are you know, increasing demand for people to come to Bermuda, um, increasing air arrivals, increasing visitor spending, stimulating, um, stimulating in foreign investment into the tourism product, um, supporting entrepreneurs, growing jobs. Those are kind of the, the fixed corporate objectives I want to help them to accomplish. But on the other side, from a more, I guess, uh, cultural and emotional point of view, I would like to see us... Um, Figure out a way to get the majority of the public rallied around what tourism could mean to the future of the country. Um, I think both of us know 
our international business sector is consolidating. And as that happens, um, the tourism industry is our best, fastest way to growth in our economy going forward. And in order to get there, because we're such a small community, it's going to require a lot of people's effort mm -hmm. and rowing in the same direction. Um, we've accomplished it before, as we all know. I mean, the tourism industry was the uh, dominant uh, economic engine for the country before, and I think it can be again. But um, it is going to require people to sort of band together in a way that I'm not quite seeing yet, but I hope I can help foster. And how, how would you just off the top of your head, how would you say you can get more buy-in from everyday Bermudians? Well, um, I think the first thing we need to do is show solid results. Um, I think success is one thing that rallies people like nothing else. Um, we, uh, we have about six core objectives at the BTA, and I think we've moved the needle in a solid way in about five of them. But one of them we have not, and that's increasing air arrivals. And I think that which, which is, is the it, which is the metric that the, the public cares uh, the most about. Yeah, granted. What, do you want to just briefly talk about the six? Um, uh, sure. Yeah, there, there's some of the things that I mentioned uh, just before. Um, they are increasing demand for people to come to Bermuda. We're able to measure and show that we've done that using um, digital metrics. You know, you can go, you can use a website to determine how many people are searching for Bermuda vacations, how many times they're going to an airline to search for a Bermuda itinerary. Uh, how many times they're going to our social media outlets, um, requesting brochures. All of those things are way, way up. But the thing that isn't way up is the conversion, the amount of those people who are doing those things and then actually coming to Bermuda. And uh, part of our, our effort is figuring out why that is and, and focusing our attention on fixing whatever that is so that people would come. But you asked about some of the other metrics. Um, they include supporting entrepreneurs and growing jobs. Um, we know there's 180 new jobs in tourism in the past year. Uh, the amount of entrepreneurs that have been helped, like uh, Kristen White and Aaron Williams, uh, some of the uh, names that people might recognize, is about $3 million spent on growing uh, the ideas that come from entrepreneurs in the, in the tourism industry. So that's an area I think we've been very strong in. Um, our investment division has help to stimulate foreign investment in our tourism products and that's why you see projects like uh, Pink Beach and Ariel Sands and hopefully um, we'll see a shovel in the ground at the St. George's Resort soon. So these just, let me just stop there. Pink Beach kind of came on board before BTA was formed. Uh, that's true but the plan um, to create what they're doing at Pink Beach has changed based on the uh, insight of our investment division. So it does have um, a measurable role in getting these projects through to the end. Um, another example is what we're going to do ultimately at Horseshoe Bay on the transport plan. That's another thing that our investment division had a role in. These are all things we think that if, um, if we get right by investing in our tourism product, it will ultimately um, enhance the experience for our visitors but also help with things like airlift, because one of the things the airlines always say to us is, well, you haven't really grown the amount of beds you have in Bermuda. Why, why should we imagine you're all going to also grow uh, the amount of people who are coming? So uh, all of these things are interconnected. And as I said before, <clears throat> I think we've moved the needle on most of them, but the one thing that remains flat at this point is, is their arrivals. So let me ask you something, two questions. Um, 
How would you encourage mobile medians to get involved in hospitality industry? Um, well, I, I think I think one of the reasons we've seen fewer Bermudians in the hospitality industry is because um, their parents saw what was happening in the international business sector. And those kinds of white-collar jobs were a draw to get people away from the tourism industry because I think their parents saw that as a better future for their children. Um, so I think one of the stories that we have to tell, and we are doing it with the Bermuda Hospitality Institute, is showing young people a bright, upwardly mobile future in the tourism industry. Um, and that means exposing them to jobs beyond just the service jobs. The service jobs are a noble profession, obviously, um, but they do tend to top out early in people's career. But hotels also need um, people who are in sales and marketing. They need finance people. They need lawyers. They need engineers. They need a lot of other careers that I think we have not done a good job in articulating to young people. So the Bermuda Hospitality Institute is in schools um, spreading that message. But I think it's going to take a while before those young people are of the age where they're actually entering the tourism industry. Um, the other thing that I think is important for us to remind people all the time is that we're not only talking about a job in a hotel when we're talking about the tourism industry. In many ways, we're talking about entrepreneurs as well, people who can own their own businesses in the tourism industry. Um, one story that comes to mind is Aaron Williams, who I mentioned earlier, who was in the social work field, um, lost his job, and um, really, partly out of desperation, looked to entrepreneurship. And he came to the Tourism Authority through its experiences investment process with an idea to bring hydro bikes to Bermuda. Um, the BTA was able to fund that idea to help it get off the ground. And now he's a, he's a business owner who hires other people. And I think it's been richly rewarding for him. So those are the kinds of opportunities that I think exist that perhaps people don't automatically think about when they think about the tourism industry. And we have to make sure we're telling those stories. Yeah, because I think, I think the concept when you say to somebody working in the hotel industry, they think, automatically busboy, waiter, chambermaid, things that although as you said are noble, someone sees well, how am I gonna survive off of X amount of hour plus maybe a tip? Where as you said, the story hasn't been promoted enough to talk about all this all the auxiliary sort of services that can feed um the industry on a whole. And um whatsoever the Bermuda Hospitality Industry Institute is doing. It just needs to continue doing and, um, as much as you guys are doing. Yeah, yeah. You have, yeah, you have to sell, just like you guys are selling Bermuda to um, foreigners. Let me say, sorry, let me rephrase that. You're selling Bermuda to travelers. travelers yeah. Right? Um, the, someone, if it's Bermuda Hospitality Industry, needs to sell Bermudian hospitality industry to Bermudians because if you actually uh, 100 um, school leavers tomorrow, m what you want to do, most aren't going to say 
anything related to tourism. Right, that is true. There are some, but you're right. It, would, it wouldn't be most. You know, another thing that we're doing, well, let me make this point. These strategies in this area, they do take a, take a little while to, to blossom. Um, mm. The school's idea is a perfect example where, you know, you're in middle schools and high schools now saying this to students. It is going to take a while before they are of the age where they're actually filling the mm -hmm. tourism industry. Same is true for the idea with entrepreneurs. I mean, although um, Aaron Williams got his uh, business off the ground in 2015, until he's a, a multi-year success story, right, I don't think that his story is really going to translate to somebody else who's thinking about getting into the tourism industry. So we have to, we have to almost prove these victories over a period of time, I think, before they, they truly take hold. So that's why it's, it's just gonna, it's gonna take a while, but I'm, I'm certain these are steps in the right direction. All right, let me ask you another question. Is there a space for Bermudians to get involved directly working in BTA? In this office. Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, just about everybody who works here now is a Bermudian. I mean, no, I meant okay. like more, I should say, more Bermudians to get involved. Oh, you mean growing the number of jobs we have now? Yeah. No, well, I think that's unlikely just because of the size of the budget. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's much smaller than it was, say, seven or eight years ago. So um, there isn't really, I think, the opportunity to expand the number of people working here. The thing we can do, though, is further increase the number of Bermudians who are working within the organization. I mean, there are already 85 to 90 percent Bermudian staffed, but with uh, good succession planning and internal training, um, that 85 to 90 percent can go even higher. Um, and that is, I, I believe, the ultimate goal of the organization. Yeah, because I noticed um, there were some recent hires, high-profile hires, I guess you would say, two ladies particularly from America and for the common layman they're looking at once again how are we getting someone who's from America trying to sell Bermuda. Now there's two two um, rules of thought here that someone who's worked in the American market knows the best way to sell any product to the American market and then there's the other uh, rule of thought that how can someone who's not even a Bermudian sell Bermuda to anybody else? So where would you say, not, not weighing in on those two controversies, but would you say those positions eventually could, could and should be available for a grim Bermudian? Yeah, I think, I think we're in the position right now that when any person within the BTA voices an interest in ascending to a, another position within the organization, regardless of who holds it, a Bermudian or a non-Bermudian, they are giving a pathway to achieve that. I mean, that's just the way the organization works. So um, if, for example, um, no, in fact, I'll explain it this way. We had, um, earlier this year, um, we brought in a, um, a development coach. And the role of that person was to meet with anybody who wanted to meet with her. And so that they could map out sort of a future plan for themselves within the organization and then discuss it with their manager about being on a long-term or mid-term plan to eventually get there. So I think as long as we're doing things like that within this organization, we're not going to be, you know, 
the Department of Public Prosecutions, for example, where there seems to be um, a large number of Bermudians who have spent the required amount of experience time within the organization, but they seem just, they can't ascend for some reason. Um, so our model is designed to be the opposite of that. Okay. <laughs> um, moving right along. Um, at times when you see quarter after quarter and you see visitor numbers, arrival numbers dropping. How does that make you feel as A, as a Bermudian, B, as someone heavily involved in the industry? Oh, it's tremendously frustrating. I mean, um, I've been pretty close to throwing stuff across the room <laughs> uh, because the reason um, I, I think I have that perspective is because um, I did work in the public sector before. And I was pretty closely attached to tourism, although that wasn't my job. Mm -hmm. um, I could, you know, see the activity that was happening within within the um, sort of the, the tourism apparatus, and I see what's happening now. I do firmly believe that what's happening now is um, a better strategic plan than what we had before. So I am tremendously frustrated with that belief of why we're not seeing growth. Um, that is similar or on par to what we saw before. So um, I have to believe that um, we are on the right track and that we're going to get there shortly, but every quarter when we don't, it, it is very, very frustrating. Okay. Um, what's the trick to BTA gaining so much traction via various social media outlets and blogs? Because it's almost like um, weekly you're seeing some blog that most people... I wouldn't say blog, but website that most people never even heard of. Um, most people in Bermuda, I should say, have right. never even heard of seeing something pop up, five best things about Bermuda, this, this, this about Bermuda. So it's this sort of, um, at least seems to be this buzz going on in social media in regards to Bermuda. Yeah. What would you say was the trick to Bermuda get BTA achieving that? Yeah, I don't think it's one singular thing, to be honest. I think it is, um, you know, a very careful and dedicated strategy um, that is, uh, is executed by our New York office, where um, they are constantly talking to um, decision makers in social media and in the editorial sphere overall. Um, and the thing I think they're doing is they're sort of reimagining what our offerings are, so um, I grew up here my whole life. I've never actually known somebody who uh, is a, a climber, you know, with the ropes and the chalk and the whole bu business climbing our cliff faces. Mm -hmm. um, but these guys found people who do that in Bermuda, seemed to love it, and then they went out and found people in the U.S. who write about climbing around the world and then connected the two. And I think we've seen that happen not only in climbing but a lot of other spaces um, where I just, you know, I didn't have that level of imagination and I didn't know um, that niche area would be important to some people. And I think that's, that's the reason we're finding blogs or websites or social media channels that are talking about Bermuda that we've really never heard of before. So it is good to really open up Bermuda to an audience that hadn't considered us before. Okay. Um, let me ask you this here. On a, from a realistic point of view, with the opening up of Cuba within the next two, three years, how do you see that affecting our arrival numbers? 
Um, I, I think, from the stuff I've read thus far, um, Cuba is Cuba's a threat to anybody in the tourism industry, right? Because it can, it can consume a large number of travelers. So that's, that's the first basic point. But I think it's a larger threat to people who are in the geographic area of Cuba. Um, the reason I say that is because when you look at cruise travel, for example, um, switching an, an itinerary from Bermuda to Cuba is a major operational thing. You know, you don't do that lightly. But changing that route from, um, what's in that region, from Montego Bay to, to Havana or from Key West to Havana is a much easier play. Um, so I think... I think those those uh, destinations that are geographically close to Cuba are slightly more threatened than some place like Bermuda, which is in the same geographic area. But it's on everybody's radar. It is a big player. It's a huge um, shift in the vacation travel market, and it's going to definitely be something that we're watching. So would you say that um, this is one of the reasons why the BTA and the current government have decided to attempt to invent or reinvigorate sailing tourism here in Bermuda? Um, no, I don't think uh, Cuba and um, the focus on sailing are related. I think they're, they're just sort of happening at around the same time. Not no, I mean in a sense to say, well, the not, not in a confrontational way, but in a sense to say, well, the person that's going to go to Cuba is most likely not the person that's a sailor and so on. Um, but but we seem to be we seemingly trying to brand ourselves as the sailing center of the Atlantic. Would, so I'm simply saying is, would you say that this this would help to pull a different visitor than those that may they say they're going to Cuba? Yeah. Well, um, you know, I, I I guess I wouldn't talk about uh, sailing in the same conversation as Cuba, but I would talk about sailing in the same way I did. Uh, climbing just a little while ago. I mean, there are there are some some people who are so passionate about climbing, they attach that to their travel decisions no matter what. Mm. I think the same is true for people who care deeply about sailing. Um, I think they are willing to make decisions about going to Newport, Rhode Island, or um, you know, yeah, some other sailing destination where um, where sailing is part of the culture. Right? And I think we do have an opportunity to win the attention of those people based on what our sailing calendar is looking like now and, and based on um, the America's Cup. But if I can kind of turn sailing into a local issue, um, I think there's also a tremendous opportunity, if we're successful in the sailing universe, um, to have Bermuda be um, a winter haven for example, or a stopover point for people who sail their boats between continents. So you can imagine someone coming from Europe or the Caribbean or wherever and um, going to the United States, but making Bermuda a stop point in between or a place where they um, winter their vessel to keep it safe. And if those things happen, especially as it relates to, to mega yachts, I think there's an opportunity in the trade realm for our young people to start learning how to repair these vessels or even build these vessels. And there are tremendous uh, engineering opportunities around this stuff as well, 
where perhaps today we don't have the workforce, the Bermudian workforce, um, to handle that kind of business, but perhaps we should start planning for it so that um, when these things start to happen in the wake of 2017, uh, we have a Bermudian workforce that can not not only uh, take the jobs in that sector, but own the businesses in that sector, too. All right, let me ask you something which I wouldn't say is personal, but as you're saying, as you alluded to, cultural shift. You as a born Bermudian black man, um, Barkleyite. <laughs> Greenhouse Barkleyite. You <laughs> had to spoil it. Just had to spoil it. Um, um, how would you encourage more persons, your contemporaries, the, 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 I wouldn't say even say your contemporaries, the, the young guy who's going to Barclay, young guy who's going to Cedar Bridge, right? How would you encourage them? I know, I know we spoke about it as far as the Bermuda Hospitality Institute, mm -hmm. but how would you one-on-one, -on -one, if you... So, so some young man outside of your office one afternoon, which which you see every day, right? Right. How would you corral them and say, "Look, guys, I got something that you may want to look into. Um, may not affect you now, but this is something for your future." Yeah, I guess I guess the first thing I would do actually is listen. So I would want to know from that young person what things are they passionate about, what things do they feel like they do well in. Mm -hmm. I would, I would ask it that way because if I look at myself, um, my skill level is in communications, right? Um, and that skill level is translatable into a lot of different career fields. Um, but I think partly because um, I love this country. Uh, I love sharing it with people I've met from other places who come here and get to sort of um, live the lifestyle that I've always told them about. And I love that my parents raised me as a result of working in the tourism industry. Um, so I have a personal connection to it. And I feel good about bringing my skills, which are not tourism-related skills, into the tourism industry. So if after talking to that young person, their interest is, um, maybe their interest is sports, Right. I would want to show them a path where sports tourism is an exciting field where they can kind of um, leverage the thing they love and turn it into this industry as well. Um, and I can think of a hundred different examples like that where although they might be passionate about something that they don't think is tourism related, it probably can fit into the tourism picture where they're, you know, where they're doing something they can really feel proud about because... Um, in, in almost every case, when someone's exposed to a Bermuda experience, they leave feeling very good about it. All right, let me ask you this, which is not necessarily tourism-related, right, but just on your own personal development. What would you say as a young, again, young black Bermudian man? I'm not so young anymore, you know. You're not going to use Viagra yet. <laughs> <laughs> right? As a young black Bermudian man, what would you attribute your... I wouldn't say your success, but your, yeah, let's use the word success. Is there, is there any one person or group of persons that you would say helped to mold you, mold Glenn Jones into the Glenn Jones that we see today? Um, you know, I, I've been helped by so many people along the way. Um, so many people. Some of them you will know, like um, 
like Randy French at mm -hmm. Media House, like uh, Dr. Ewart Brown. Um, I worked for him for a while. Um, even right now, to a large degree, uh, Bill Hanbury has taught me a tremendous amount. Um, so all of those people, I, I owe something to in terms of the lessons they taught me, and a lot more people as well. But it is difficult to, to answer the other part of the question um, you asked about success, because, um, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure... To what degree I'm successful, you know, I I, Let's see. Any <laughs> I work award? hard. I, I work. I do. I work hard. Um, I care deeply about doing a job that I personally think is a good job. Um, but beyond that, I just let things fall where they may. Um, you know, sometimes I'm, you know, often I'm criticized <laughs> for the work that I do. Uh, but as long as I'm satisfied with the effort that I put in, I, I'm okay. Well, you, you never, I mean, let's face it, Jesus couldn't please everybody. They, <laughs> That's they hung him, right? <laughs> so if he couldn't please everybody, there's, there's no chance for you in order right. to please everybody. Yeah, that's a but fair point. What, I, what I'm alluding to more importantly is that as, as we look at um, the landscape in Bermuda, there are very, unfortunately, there are seemingly very few positive black role models that are out there all the time. When I say out there, the media is highlighting oh, all right, the time. Yeah. You had a, someone wrote a glowing um, piece for you in Royal Gazette recently. Yep. I don't know if you paid them, but it was good. <laughs> right? But the point I'm getting at is, is someone, you're, you're at that age where you can um, appeal to the school leavers, the current professionals, so on and so forth. So um, five years from now, you may be at BTA, you may be the head of BTA, but more importantly, as a Bermudian and as a black male Bermudian, you have become this sort of beacon for other males. And what would you say to them about how to move themselves forward? Um... Well, I think I would say chiefly, there's no substitute for hard work. Um, the people I admire and, um, are extremely hard workers. Um, and they're self-motivated. Um, and they are uh, constantly hungry for more information, more knowledge. I think if you have those qualities, it's a good foundation um, to be successful in whatever you attempt. Um, that's what I try to explain to my son, Vaughn, and I think uh, he's responded well to that. In fact, sometimes he absorbs things that I, when I didn't even know he was paying attention. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so I guess that's the best advice I can offer. Also, whenever, um, whenever someone comes to me for uh, career development assist assistance, I try to offer it the best that I can. And, uh, and when it works, that feels tremendously good. Like when somebody, when you um, offer advice or a suggestion or a recommendation to somebody, they take it and it works for them, you know, they see results, that's, that feels really good. I, I mean, that's almost better than being paid for it. Almost best. So you do it for free? No. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yes, I do that for free, but I would not do... All the work that I do for free. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't mean what you're doing here. 
Yeah, let's no, not get into that one because we know where that could lead. <laughs> no, but I, I can think in my mind, and I won't say their names, just a long list of people along the way for, for whom that's been true. And it is so great to see them um, be successful because they've been able to use whatever information I gave them to, 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 um, to move forward positively. That feels really good. Yeah, because, I mean, at, at the end of the day, yes, you and others in this office and in New York office and wherever else are selling Bermuda to the world to get them to come here. However, if we have a country where, for lack of a better term, we've got two Bermudas, one side is the smiley side down at Front Street, the other side is the not smiley side on Angle Street. That's going to get transmitted somehow. I mean, people read blogs, so on and so forth. So the point I'm getting at is that us as black men, us as Bermudian men, right, we have a duty, in my opinion, to help uplift those behind us, even if it's in thought, word, or deed. And in doing so, you help to... I guess for lack of a better term, I wouldn't say make a better Bermuda, that sounds a little too, too um, airy-fairy, but it helps give that person behind you or following you a, a, a sense of hope that there can be a better Bermuda for them if they apply themselves. It's like I, I knew of you when you, um, I didn't know of you in Barclay days, you were behind me. I knew of you when you took the appointment with Dr. Brown. And I got to meet you uh, through Bermuda Sun Media, yep, yep. right? Mm -hmm. And even without having one-on-one -on -one conversations, if you've helped to mentor me in my learning how to better communicate whatever message and I want to get out, learning to interact with people who are not in my immediate social circles. Right. So I just I want to thank you for that. Before you I even know. You're welcome. I right? didn't even know I offered that to you. That's great. I, I did it for I got it for free. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll send you a bill. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> no, but I think I think the, the core of what you're talking about, I, I believe in three hundred percent. Um I I remember um this painting I saw once and I'm, I bet you've seen it too. It is it shows um, the arm of a black it's man. Not, it's not heavy. He's my brother. He, that's, that's exactly he ain't heavy. He ain't it's heavy. Is the name? Is it the way I remember I, the name of it? He ain't heavy. He's my brother. That that is what I want to live. To be quite honest, because I am, I am a, I've, I mean, I've lived a charm life. If I'm completely honest, I mean, um, of course, I've had my personal struggles, but um, where I am today is at a point that I didn't even imagine I would be at when I was a kid. Um, and I feel duty bound to do whatever I can to help somebody else live that same experience. And I do that in my small way every, every opportunity I get. Um, not because I'm looking for um, accolades for it, but because it feels so good to do it. Like it, the reward of doing that is satisfactory enough for me. Yeah, we all, I mean, we all, I mean, there's, there's a host of cliches out there. But see how, even before you said it, I knew exactly the painting that you were talking right. about. Right. I, I mean, I hadn't even described I, I have it. That, I have that picture in my house because <laughs> it's two ways we can, some 
the, the pessimistic view, the optimistic view is that you, uh, you got one brother reaching out for another. The pessimist will say that's one brother letting go of the other brother's hand. And us as Bermudians, whether whether you're in tourism, IB, on the trades as I am, working media, whatever the we have a we as we are we are the sandwich generation. Our parents fought the battle for us on various fronts. Our children are formulating their own lives. Right now, us who are 30 to 50, 55, we're the sandwich generation that have to forge things, make a better future for our children. I don't mean that just in a cliche. Is that if I want one of my children say they want to work in the hospitality industry five years from now, I want it to be a thriving hospitality industry. Absolutely. Right? So I can't sit down and, you know, mope about... Um, Falling air arrivals, Cuba's opening up, and how much somebody's getting a, a bonus. The all it is are realities. Yeah. But unless that industry's there and thriving, my children, or your children, or my grandchildren, might not get to work in it. I mean, up until maybe five years ago, even three years ago, most comedians weren't even encouraging the children to to even look at hospitality. I think that's and true. I think what. Um, through various things, is that although the numbers have have stagnated, flatline, as you said, flatline. They are flat. The buzz about tourism, hospitality industry, has ramped up. I think that's undeniable. I, although some have tried to deny it, but I think that is undeniable. I think, and you know, the truth is, we can prove what you're saying um, just there with. With, with hard data. I mean, we've seen the year-over-year uh, -year increases in many ways that show there's an increased interest in Bermuda. There's no doubt about it. I, I wasn't even specifically talking about foreigners, um, non-Bermudians interested in coming. I'm talking about Bermudians themselves being interested in getting involved in the hospitality industry. Well, I have to admit, I, I guess I haven't seen that level of buzz the same way you well, have. It's, but it's, I would, I it's, in comparison to where it was, was before. Okay, well, then that's a fair point. Even if it's going from zero to one, that's it's, it's more, right? That's a fair point. In a sense, you say, when you have persons such as Kristen, you know, who happened to be on TV and radio yesterday, that gives, like, you know, you're on TV and radio for a haunted house. I mean, who, who, who would, who would who have thunk it? Right, right, right. Um, That's a, what, that was a really smart idea. How, however, the point is that it, she herself is, a, is now an ambassador. I mean, that's always been her personality, but this has given her another platform to be an ambassador. Exactly. For, I know her passion is St. George's, but in order for somebody to get to St. George's, they've got to come to Bermuda. Yeah. Have you done that tour? No, I didn't. I've done it. It is fantastic. Black people ain't into the hill ghost thing, bro. <laughs> but you know, but I'll tell you what's, what's really cool is that one of the stops on that tour, or I think in fact more than one, is part of the African Diaspora Heritage Trail. So, um, it, you know, one of the ghosts is um, was it the rich? pilot. Was it, is it Daryl? It was, was the it? richest black man at the time. Oh, yes. Yeah, she, she interviewed me for the part, and I was like, no. He but you ended, didn't want to do it? He ended up dying. <laughs> <laughs> well, they all did. But no, but it was, it's, a, it's a brilliant idea. And, and Kristen's a good example of people who, you know, come to the product and experiences division with a solid idea. They just sort of need that, that investment to get it off the ground. And once you do that, it flies on its own. I mean, she's selling out. 
on some nights because um, there's such a demand for that product. It's great, especially right. around Halloween. All right. Um, for let's let's just in closing, let's um, for that for the person, the entrepreneur that wants to get into some form of hospitality-related business, who do they come to see here at BTA? They want to talk to the people in the product and experiences division. That's the part of the BTA that is responsible for the on-island experience of the visitor. And every year they have an application process which allows people to uh, submit their idea. And if it is in line with the strategies that have been laid out by the product and experiences division, uh, strategies that they lay out in workshops before the application process um, Open. So ideally you go to the workshop, you learn the strategy, you figure out a way to have your idea fit into that strategy, and then it gets, it gets funded, basically. Not all of them get funded, but there is a, a pool of money in every budget to fund entrepreneur ideas. The thinking behind this is it gets more Bermudians involved into the industry, and ultimately those small business owners are going to be awesome job creators when their business, their idea takes flight. Mm -hmm. And in the Haunted House example, uh, Kristen has hired actors. In fact, it sounds like she interviewed you to be one of them. And those people have second or third jobs now because they can go down there and perform as part of that Haunted History Tour. And then she's connected it with a restaurant down there. So now people can buy an experience where they go on the Haunted Tour at like dusk or just at sun after sunset. And then they have dinner at uh, one of the restaurants down there. So it's really a good way to to connect all the product and experiences that we have to offer visitors. And we're doing it in a unique and authentic way that really can't be replicated anywhere else. So the only way to get that St. George's Haunted History Tour is to go to St. George's. It's great. Okay. So in closing, what would you say to... You're going to this is going to be listened to by comedians in Bermuda and potential visitors. What would you say to them in... Three sentences, what would you say to both groups? Um, I would say that uh, Bermuda is on the doorstep of a renaissance, uh, a rediscovery of what it has to offer. And Bermudians who want to be a part of that, now's the time to get involved. And visitors who want to experience it, now's the time to come. Because... There is a new beginning, I think, for our tourism industry. Part of it is fueled by necessity, but I think a lot of it is fueled as well by desire. And I think, you know, desperation and desire are a great, a great cocktail. And I think we're gonna we're gonna really, really be the place to come to over the next few years. All right. Well, thank you, Mr. Brother. Thank you. I'm glad we finally got this done. I'm, I'm sorry it took so long to finally sit down with you, but I'm, I'm glad we've done it. Thank you for tuning in to Burn News Current Affairs Podcast with Christopher Famous. Listen at your leisure on www.burnews.com, your 24-7 Bermuda news source.